0: Well, hey Hub City, it's great to be with you today, and we are kicking off a new series. And so exciting, we're trying something new to go with it, as you heard Cameron explain. Uh, I'm excited. I think this is going to be a fun way to stay engaged as you're watching at our digital gathering. You can throw those questions in the chat, and we want to compile all those questions. And let's just remember, no stupid questions, because there are no stupid questions. So just ask those questions, and look forward later this week for Beyond the Sermon. It's going to be great. We're excited to try something new. It's always about... Just adapting and going with the times here. Now, we're starting a new series. Very simple Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Turn to somebody and tell them that or put it in the chat. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. This is a very simple equation because I believe the gospel is meant to be simple. The gospel message that we believe in is very simple and basic in its structure. It's Jesus plus nothing equals everything. And for the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at the letter of Galatians. It's a New Testament letter written by the Apostle Paul to the early church. And what he noticed even early on is, man, they've been adding to it. It wasn't Jesus plus nothing. It was Jesus plus something. And we have that same tendency as they did back then. And so we're going to be looking through this letter and studying this six-chapter letter over the next six weeks and just seeing the simplicity of the gospel message. And I love the the graphics that our team came up with for this series kind of a throwback to the old operating systems of computers. Remember those days where it was just a word processor and a blinking cursor, right? Playing organ Trail in the library. Yeah, that was me with a giant floppy disk as big as your face and just a green and black screen. Like there was simplicity to it as you rode that organ Trail, right? It didn't have all these graphics and customizations and frills of operating systems like you do now. There was something basic about it. And I think the graphics kind of kind of communicate that heart for this series is that the gospel is simple. The gospel is not meant to be added with a bunch of customizations and frills and features. It is simple. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Let's jump right in. Galatians chapter one, verse one. Paul, an apostle, sent not from men nor by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead and all the brothers with me. To the churches in Galatia. Paul is putting this greeting in there, and we're going to take a moment just to dissect this together because it is important to understand who it's written to and who it's from, right? It's written to these churches in Galatia, which is now modern day Turkey. So you're kind of seeing the region of the world. And this audience that is receiving it is predominantly unchurched, non Jewish believing, non Jewish descendants, and they have heard the message of Jesus. They have heard the message in the gospel of how Jesus loved them, and they've received that message. And Paul it has been a representative of that message. He even states his, his authority and his voice right there at the beginning. He is an apostle, right? He is one who is sent. Apostle means one who is sent. And he is sent by God, not by man, not by himself, not by a denomination. He's sent by God to be a messenger to these people. And he, you can tell by the way he's writing. He has a relationship with them. And he's been away for some while. And why he's having to state his credibility again, because obviously, like if you were just reading the email, it'd be like, oh, it's from Paul. Yeah, we love Paul. He's great. But he has to state his credibility again. I am an apostle sent by God, not by man. And the reason for that is because the people in these Galatian churches had begun to discredit Paul's authority because of other teachers that had kind of crept in and imposed themselves into these congregations And they began to undercut some of Paul's teaching. Oh, Paul doesn't want that message to go to these certain people. And Paul's watering down the gospel. And Paul's not mandating these customs. And you need to do these traditions. And you need to do these Jewish customs and rituals and and restrictions. And and so word begins to spread about Paul in this region. And he's losing his authority. He's losing his voice. And and right out of the gate, he's trying to reestablish his platform. Man, I'm a man sent by God. I'm an apostle. And he's going to use this platform, not for himself, but for his message. And that message is simple, the gospel. It's all about the gospel for Paul. And when I say gospel, we're going to use that word a ton, right? Lots and lots of times we're going to use the word gospel. What that translates as is simply good news. So gospel is good news. Turn to somebody you're sitting with or text somebody and say, gospel means Good news, it's very simple. Just type it in there. Gospel means good news. You gotta remember that because it's such a churchy phrase, we forget what gospel even means. And specifically what Paul is saying is gospel means it is the good news about Jesus Christ. There is good news about this guy named Jesus. And let's talk about it. And right out of the gate on his letter, after his introduction, he jumps right into the gospel because that is central to his message. Verse three, let's start there. Grace and peace to you from God our Father, And the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. So right here in a couple of sentences, we see the simplicity of this equation. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Because that's going to be central to Paul's message throughout this letter that we talk about for the next six weeks. You see Jesus, and what does Jesus do in the gospel message? Well, Jesus dies for us. He says that Jesus gave himself for our sins. He dies in our place. He gave his life for us. He offers us forgiveness. What else did Jesus do? He says that he was sent to rescue us. Jesus rescues us from evil and from this evil age that we live in. He rescues us from hell. What else does Jesus do? He fulfills the will of the Father. The Father in heaven sent Jesus to do what? To fulfill his plans, his agenda, his purposes. And Jesus did all of that. And then lastly, what else do we see that Jesus did, right? Jesus gets all the credit, all the glory, all the honor, all the attention. It's all about Jesus. Now we get to nothing. Nothing is our part. Because what do we bring to the table? Nothing. Squadoosh. We bring nothing to this equation. We, We didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. We didn't buy it. Right? All the stuff that Jesus did, what do we add to it to improve it? Nothing. What do we add to it because it's necessary? Nothing. We add nothing to this gospel message, but it equals out to what? Everything. Everything, meaning that we are saved by Jesus, we are rescued by Jesus, we are accepted by Jesus, we're forgiven by Jesus, we are loved by Jesus, we're set free because of what Jesus did? And that's everything. That's the gospel in a very simple nutshell. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Paul's been working really hard to establish this message in the Galatian churches. Because to him that message was not reserved just for those of Jewish descent. Those that belonged, quote unquote, to the lineage of Abraham and his family. And had Jewish roots that linked them together. No, he said this message is for everyone. I don't care who you are, what you look like, where you come from, how smart you are, how wealthy you are, whatever you are. And so when he talks about reaching the Gentiles, this means non Jewish descendants. And he's reaching them with this message. He's establishing this message is for them that they could be welcomed into the family of God. And that's important to him. And he's planting churches and he's uh, seeing life change, he's seeing people give their life to Jesus and, and get saved and believe in this message. It's good work, it's good stuff. But then Paul has to go away for a, a while. And you can sense that in his letter. Because in verse six, he's gonna bring some correction because he hasn't been around. And while he's been gone, some trouble has been a-brewing. Verse six, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. Paul is shocked that they're jumping ship so quick. Something has changed, and, and, and he just can't seem to figure it out. Like, when I was with you, everything was clicking. Now I'm gone. What happened? And what had happened is the Jewish people. Influencers, the Jewish Christians at that time had, had latched on to these Gentile believers and began to impose their belief systems onto them, their rituals, their customs, their dietary restrictions. And why would the Gentiles buy into that? Well, because they wanted to be a part of God's family. They wanted to be a part of Abraham's lineage and all the promises and inheritance that you read about in the Old Testament. And they believed through Jewish influence the Jewish believers were influencing this and stirring this belief system up and saying the only way to truly be a part of God's family is to do X, Y, and Z. And it makes sense. We as humans, we kind of feel that way. Like it has to be transactional. The idea that it's Jesus plus nothing feels wrong. There has to be something that I do, right? I have to play a part. There is a cost. There's fine print. There's something that I'm missing, right? You can't just take me out to dinner and not expect a thank you card. I've got to do something. Uh, I've got to pick up the tip at least. No, no, you want to buy dinner, I'll pay for the tip. You know, there's just there's that desire within us inertly to want to contribute and add and, and, and improve and, and put ourselves into this. And the Gentiles so longed to be a part of God's family. And so these Jewish leaders are coming in sensing that and imposing these rules, these holy hoops on them. And Paul is hearing about this, hearing about the corruption of the message, hearing about the corruption of their beliefs. It drives him nuts. It drives him bonkers. It reminds me of the scene out of the movie The Founder about the founder of McDonald's, Ray Kroc. And he is early on in the movie established this system for all these franchisees and these people sign on to open a McDonald's franchise. And and he goes to visit them and he looks at it and and he wants to see his system in motion, right? This is how the kitchen operates, this is how we package a burger, this is what we serve, this is how it looks and feels, he's got all this, right? He goes and he visits and what does he see? He sees they're serving different food. Wait, we don't serve chicken? We don't serve biscuits and corn on the cob? He's seeing different ingredients in the burgers. Wait a second, I'm seeing lettuce. In a burger, we don't put lettuce on a cheeseburger. He's seeing trash and he's seeing people loitering, he's seeing dirty kitchens. And he literally, at one point, Ray Kroc goes stomping onto this golf course up to his franchisees and holds this burger with lettuce and says, what is this? This is garbage, right? This isn't McDonald's. This isn't the way that we do it. Similarly, I can see Paul stomping into the picture with his letter saying, what's going on? When I left, everything was great. You understood Jesus plus nothing equals everything, and now it's Jesus plus something. You've gotten confused. You've added to the menu here, you know, and, and just like Ray Kroc was upset that they were adding biscuits and corn on the cob, Paul's looking at it and saying, why are you adding these rituals, these customs, these ceremonies? Why are you forcing this into the gospel message? Something is off. In fact, he says, you've not only accepted a different gospel message, The thing that you've accepted is not the gospel at all. You've completely contaminated it, so you're accepting a message that is not the gospel. And I know that seems extreme, because we might look at it and say, well, at least Jesus is in there, right? A little bit of Jesus in there. It's just Jesus plus some good stuff. They're just getting spiritually healthy. They're just doing the right thing. They're jumping through these holy hoops. But when they've added all of these elements, it's no longer the gospel. Let me illustrate it. I'm going to illustrate it with food. Take, for example, when Paul gives them the gospel, he gives them a beautiful, wonderful steak, right? You see this steak here? Oh, it looks so good. It's grilled to perfection. It's wonderful. There's juices and seasonings, and oh, it's good stuff. And what if I said you could eat this and enjoy this for free? I'm just going to give this to you, right? And that's great. And then you look at this, and you sit down to eat and look at it and say, well that's great, Sean. I, I really like that, but I'm going to throw a little A1 on it, right? And some people think that this is a perversion to do a steak, is to just douse it in A1 sauce and, and to just enjoy all the flavors of the, you know, A1 aromas. And then you might look at it and say, but Sean, I also like, I like a little onion on my steak, you know, get some more flavors on there. We begin to just add a few more ingredients and, Sean, I want to kick it up a notch. I'm going to add some minced garlic, and so I'm going to throw some of this on there, and it's minced, and I'm just going to put that on there and allow the seasoning to get all over it. Then we've got, oh, tomatoes, fresh tomatoes. We're going to sprinkle those on. Oh, I've got cilantro. Mm, Fresh stuff. It smells good. Yes, let's just add that. You begin to see, yeah, okay, what's harm? There's just some extra flavorings to it. Now I want some cheese. Love me some dairy. Got to get that part of the food pyramid. And it melts up all on top. Yep, that's just great. And then let's just take it. And you know what? I really don't feel like eating just a steak. I want to feel healthy. So I'm going to put all of this on top of a salad. I'm going to allow all of that to now be my meal. I'm going to eat a salad. Because a salad is healthier than a steak. But... I need to add a little more flavoring, so I'm going to throw some Hidden Valley Ranch and just make it a true salad by sprinkling that. Let's keep it healthy. I've got some sliced almonds and blueberries, a little fresh, a little springtime. There it is. Now I'm ready to eat. Is this a steak? If you went to a restaurant and ordered a steak, and this is what they put in front of you, would you be content? No. No. If I went to a steak and I said, or if I went to a steak, if I went to a steakhouse and said, I would like a nice, medium well steak. And this is what they put in front of me. I'd say, this is not a steak. This is a perversion of a steak. This is a different kind of meal. This is a salad, a salad. This is wrong. And that's what Paul is saying. You've taken the steak and you've added so much on top of it. It's no longer a steak. You've taken the message of Jesus and added so much on top of it, it's no longer actually the gospel. It's no longer the message of Jesus. So these Galatian churches are taking the message of Jesus, hope, freedom, forgiveness, rescue, grace, but then they're adding to it, plus perfectionism, plus good deeds, plus having enough faith, plus Jewish rituals, plus, plus, plus. And we keep adding to it, and this is no longer good news. It maybe creates these holy hoops where we feel healthier, spiritually speaking, but in essence, it's really not good news because the gospel is all about good news. And what we have done when we've created this kind of system with all of these additions to it, we've created a lot of work for people. We've created a heavy burden for people because it's, well, You can be saved if you do this. Yes, Jesus died on the cross, but you've gotta be a good person still. You've gotta do the right things. You've gotta jump through these church hoops. And again, I would ask the question, well, is that really good news? Because if it's good news, well then, how many good deeds does it take for you to get into heaven? If it's truly good news, then how many good deeds does it take for you to secure your spot into heaven, to maintain it and keep it secure? How many good deeds does it take for God to actually approve of you and to love you and to welcome you into his family? How many rituals, how many customs, how many additions, how many things do we have to add to our stake, add to our gospel, so that God will finally approve of us? That's no longer good news. That is a heavy burden that no one, will ever be able to carry. No one will be able to shake. And that doesn't align with the message that Jesus came to bring. Matthew 11, Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and you will learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. The equation is simple. Jesus didn't come to bring a message that would weigh on our shoulders and no one would be able to accomplish. No, he accomplished it because it's Jesus plus nothing equals everything. So I want you to take a moment and stop and think, what would you put in the blank? If we're like the Galatian church, we've been putting something something in the blank, and only you can answer that. But what's been going in there? Jesus plus blank equals everything. I want you to think about that for a moment and think about what you would put in your blank spot in the equation. Jesus plus what equals everything? All right, so we're going we're gonna to spend a moment here just digging in on this question and however you would fill in this blank. You can post it in the chat. You can tell somebody you're watching with, right? What what goes in this blank? The Jesus plus everything, right? Is it Jesus plus trying hard? Man, if I just try really hard, man, it's going to be the gospel of Jesus plus all of my effort equals everything. And what do we mean by everything? There's heaven, right? There's eternity. What else? It's God's acceptance. It's God's forgiveness. It's all of these things, right? It's his rescue. It's uh, wholeness, shalom, as they say, right? It's 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 God, God's acceptance of us, being welcomed into His family. That is something that the Gentiles uh, in, in Galatia desperately wanted. They wanted to be accepted by God. And so, what do we add in that blank to encounter everything? Because everything is our eternity, but it is so much more than that. And that's what we're going to be talking about in these coming weeks: is that everything? We're gonna we're gonna expand on what that means. And that a life in the gospel transforms us to experience a whole lot more than just heaven. It's good, it impacts us today. But trying hard, what else? What else would come to mind for you? Uh, being a nice person, if I'm just nice? Man, yeah, I know Jesus loves me, Jesus forgives me, but I gotta be nice in order to be accepted by God. Uh, what about spiritual disciplines, right? If I, if I go to church or I read my Bible or whatever, church and Bible and prayer, all of these things. It's Jesus' love plus me being very spiritual. Then I will experience the wholeness of what it means to be a believer, to be close to God, to secure my heaven. Uh, it could be even just being very spiritual, right? It's, man, the gospel is, is, is true and evident in a part of my life, but not only that, I'm going to add miracles it's, it's the gospel plus performing miracles. It's gospel plus speaking in tongues. It's gospel plus operating in the prophetic. It's gospel plus all of those spiritual encounters and adrenaline and all of that that we can experience. And, and we think that all of those things equal everything. I can't answer that question for you. I can answer it for myself. For me, it's good deeds. It's being good. It's good deeds, it's good actions, it's doing good things, it's being a good guy, Uh, having other people tell me I'm doing a good job, affirming that God believes that I'm a good person. It's Jesus loves me, but I'm gonna work like crazy to make sure that he accepts me, that he loves me, that I can earn his love, that I am loved. To me, that's everything, is that I know that God loves and accepts me, and the only way in my broken human brain is to think, The love of Jesus plus me being good enough. That's me. That's me being honest with you and where I struggle. And I find that wrestling with these equations is both challenging and freeing. It's challenging because to be honest with ourselves in this way, uh, that requires a lot of vulnerability. A lot of honesty and awareness. And and that's difficult for us, and that's difficult for the Galatian church, but Paul wants that for them. Would you wake up and see what you've been adding to the gospel? These are the ranch dressings you've been putting on your steak. And what Paul does is he sets them free of that. And the way he does it is he takes good deeds and he moves it into the everything that we get to experience. This is where I said everything is not just in eternity. We get to experience good deeds and good action On this side of the equation, because this is what happens. I move good deeds. So again, it's Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Well, then I'm going to do good. Why am I going to do good? Because I've experienced the love of Jesus. And I know that he already loves me. I don't have to do this right here, whatever I'd put in this blank. I don't have to do that for him to love me and accept me and believe in me and die for me. That's already taken care of. That's why it's on that side of the equal sign. So my good actions, my good deeds are a response to the fact that he already loves me. That a God would die for me and forgive me and give me a fresh start. Well, then I'm going to respond with that kind of devotion. I'm going to respond by doing good because he is good. I'm gonna respond by praying to him because I wanna to talk to a God like that. I'm gonna be in his church, be around other believers because I wanna be around a God that loves me like that. See what happens when we move it to the other side of the equation, it sets us free. Paul is taking the very spiritual rituals and, and, and spiritual holy hoops that they were jumping through and he's setting them free by moving it onto the other side of the equation. Man, you get to experience all of that not out of have to, but out of get to. And it sets us free from the slavery of our good deeds and our our shame and our guilt. And and this is what it sets me free free from, trying to be a good Christian, trying to clean myself up, trying to be good enough for God. And instead, I embrace the simplicity of the gospel and allow the gospel to have an impact on my life. I begin to live out the everything that we're going to explore in this series over the next few weeks. The unity that we get to experience, the life change that we get to experience, the freedom that we get to experience, that's all included in the everything, and we get to experience that, not because we've done something in this blank, but because of this right here. Jesus did everything already, and it's that simple. Pastor Tim Keller in New York says it very simply like this. He says, The letter to Galatians is not only the way to enter the kingdom, it is the way to live as a part of the kingdom. the gospel has a ripple effect in our lives. It's not just something that we believe in. And the starting point for all of this is where Paul starts this out at the beginning of his letter. In its simplest form, the gospel transforms us. We don't transform the gospel. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for the simplicity of your gospel message. We thank you for people like Paul that fought for its simplicity, that it is you that died on the cross, it is you that loved us, it is you that forgives us, it is you that makes us right. It is not us. We don't add and contribute to it. God, I pray even right now for those of us that want to make a decision out of response, that we're hearing this message. If there's anybody there right now, you're hearing this message as we talk about Jesus. You want to make a, a response. You want, to, uh, you want to choose right now a choice to say yes to Jesus' message of love, to the simplicity of the gospel, that right now you want to acknowledge it, you want to believe it, you want to accept it. God, I pray right now for those of us that are, are making that decision right now, You would be the king of our life. We thank you for dying in our place. We thank you for forgiving us of our sin, that we are wrong, we are broken. We need you, Jesus. And we pray for your forgiveness. We pray that you wash us clean and make us new, God, and give us a fresh start today as your children, as a part of your family. God, we are loved and accepted because of you. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for loving us. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 For more information, check out thehubcitychurch.com. Thanks for listening.